White privilege and racism are real. Whether you believe they are or not, we are here to discuss that and more on White Privilege Personified. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of White Privilege Personified. I'm Mike. And I'm Amy. And a very happy belated International Women's Day to all of our listeners out there. And that's going to be the topic of this week's episode. Amy, would you like to tell us a little bit more? Yeah, so with uh, March being Women's History Month, we just wanted to be able to have an episode just kind of discussing some of the um, some of experiences that women have, especially dealing with workplace and different things um, that they deal with in their regular lives. So we have two special guests this week. Um, we have Janae back from previous episodes, so we're excited to hear from her again. And we also have Adriana joining us. So, Janae, do you want to start and just kind of give us a little refresher of who you are? Sure, yes. Uh, hello, everyone. And thank you, Mike and Amy, for having me again. It's always a good time <laughs> joining you guys. Um, so, yep, my name is Janae. I met both Amy and Mike through UCF days, good old UCF days. Um, mm-hmm. I work in uh, corporate America, and I previously, on previous episodes, I resided in Orlando, Florida, but now I'm living the nomad life and in, currently in Tampa. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you back. And now Adriana is new to the podcast, but we're really excited to have, not new to us, we have we know her <laughs> very well too but new to the podcast so Adriana do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself sure um hi everyone and thanks Mike and Amy for having me on um my name's Adriana I'm an attorney I practice labor and employment law I'm in New York City and I'm currently living in Brooklyn New York um as far as my background I'm of Mexican and Jamaican descent um I had a pretty diverse upbringing not only because of where my parents are from but also because I traveled a lot growing up Mm-hmm. Um, so I experienced, you know, different cultures that way. Um, for example, I lived in Puerto Rico for five years. So that was predominantly like a Hispanic population. Then I lived in California and it was predominantly white. Um, and so my family eventually settled in Florida. Um, and moving there was sort of a culture shock for me because it was the first <laughs> time that I felt like I was in a, a place where there was a ton of diverse people, you know, diverse population. Um, and it was the first time I had met other people of Caribbean descent, too. So um it was a culture shock, but a good one. And I'm glad that I moved to Florida. So that's a bit about me. Awesome. And I know we've already heard from Janae about her experiences with racism growing up, but just wanted to touch base to see if there's any um, bits of racism or anything that you've experienced personally or just around you that you wanted to potentially share, um, whether it's for you know, dealing with your race itself or even just prejudice or anything dealing with your gender, anything you want to share as far as that's concerned? Um, I mean, I've definitely experienced racism. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the things that come to mind are, I mean, being called the N-word um, wow. at least twice. And one of those times by someone that I foolishly thought was my friend. So that was fun. Um, oh, wow. And then, so that's like, I guess the explicit forms of racism, then like implicitly, you know, my whole life I've been called an Oreo, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like how I speak. Um, And so, I mean, those are just some situations. I'm sure there's many more, um, but those are the ones that kind of come to mind. Yeah, well, did you, when you were called the the N-word growing up, was it more in one particular place since you moved around a lot or was it just kind of all around? Um, no, so the first time it happened, I was in Puerto Rico, um, and the kid who called me that, he was white. I think he was American, but 
had moved to Puerto Rico, um, kind of like how I did. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second time that was in California. Um, and so those are the two times that I remember. So Florida was good to you. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Like I said, I'm sure there's been other instances too, but um, but nobody called me the N-word. <laughs> at least not to my face, so. <laughs> well, that's good at least. Yeah. All right. So what we want to kind of discuss today are more um, of your guys' experience, especially both dealing with being a perceived Black woman um, in, the in the world, I guess, in the United States in general, but also just being a woman in general and what that what that entails. So what we're going to first, you know, speak about are, are things that we've seen in our work environment. So, Janae, if you want to go ahead and start, maybe bring something up that comes to mind of where you feel like you were maybe marginalized for being a woman in either your, you know, your profession or just what you've experienced just, you know, out there. Yeah. Um, the first thing that that comes to mind for me, um, I'll be speaking on this particular scenario, like being a, a black woman in the mm -hmm. workplace. And the first thing that I kind of think about is um, like natural hair in the workplace yeah. and um you know, I've definitely had some experiences with that where, to be honest with you, I, I would say maybe within the last couple of years that I've actually felt comfortable wearing my natural hair in the workplace just because of like comments that I had whenever I would choose, you know, to not wear um, like extensions and things like that or, you know, kind of like conform to Americanized beauty standards when it comes to hair. Um, mm -hmm. And I do recall, you know, one instance where I'm like, you know, I'm going to go out on a whim. I'm going to I'm going to wear braids. I always wanted to wear braids and I never did because I was worried about how that would be perceived in the workplace, which is very unfortunate to even have to, you know, think twice about how you can, can wear mm -hmm. your hair. Um, but, you know, I built up the courage. I got the braids in. I tried to strate strategically plan my having braids in around a time where I didn't think I was going to have to go into the office, but it just mm -hmm. ended up like a meeting got called and I had to go in and, you know, someone, that is was is also minority and I know that they I don't think they meant it in a rude way but they said to me oh wow you know your hair your hair looks good are you going on vacation is that why you have braids in and mm -hmm. I kind of you know on the surface you wouldn't think that that should be a comment that bothered me mm -hmm. but it made me feel like okay so are you saying the hairstyle I have isn't professional like mm -hmm. this is a hairstyle that I should only be wearing outside of the office and you know another person of different color if they change their hair from you know they dye their hair blonde or brown or something like that no one's going to come up to them and say oh are you going on vacation is that why you changed your hair color mm -hmm. so it just kind of made me feel um uncomfortable I was so like uneasy throughout that entire meeting thinking that oh everyone's looking at my hair wondering why I'm not you know dressed professionally or wearing my hair professionally so I feel like you know, as a, a black woman in the workplace in that regard, it's very unfortunate that you kind of have to think twice of how you can wear your hair mm -hmm. or that yeah. you might be looked at as unprepared for a meeting or disheveled, you know, or something of that nature. So um, that's kind of like the first thing that I, I think about in that regard. Yeah. What about you, Adriana? Yeah, I mean, I have an example of where I felt like I was being treated differently than my peers. Um, I don't know if it's because I was a, because I'm a woman or because I'm black. I, I think both of those sort of play into it. Um, mm -hmm. But um, 
I wanted to like follow up on Janae's point about hair because I think that's something that I've also struggled with because yeah. I've always been self-conscious about wearing my hair down um, because when it dries, it can get kind of big and sometimes it has a mind of its own. <laughs> I just always felt like it would be considered unprofessional, but no one's ever told me that it would be unprofessional. I think um, I get like, subtle mm-hmm. comments that were made, you know, that Janae experienced and then just what our media shows us is sort of mm-hmm. what has instilled that into my head. Um, so I've just always worn my hair like in a bun to professional or pulled my hair back for professional events or at work. Um, and another reason why I'm like self-conscious about my hair too is because I don't want to be distracting or to draw mm-hmm. attention. Um, you know, I want people to focus on my work ethic and not have I don't want to give them any reasons to sort of like doubt my abilities just because of how my hair looks. Um, yeah. And like people just like to make comments all the time. I mean, like one time I had a colleague Venmo money to me and my picture on Venmo is of me with my hair down. Um, mm-hmm. And like another day at work, she's like, oh, yeah, I like uh, that picture with your hair in a fro. And I'm like, what are you oh, talking God. about? And then she's like, oh, your picture on Venmo, mm-hmm. like your fro is out, like you should wear it like that at work. I'm just like really (laughs) sometimes my hair does get big and it can be fro like and that's totally fine but like Mm -hmm. in that picture like you know my curls were popping I put effort into that um, hairstyle so it's just like I guess the manner in which people speak about my hair just makes me uncomfortable and then people are asking like oh well how how did you get your hair like that like did you curl it and it's just like I don't want to have to talk about my hair routine at work (laughs) you know if it's not straight um then it's it's different and it's like foreign to them and they're like so intrigued by it so anyway it's just an Mm -hmm. additional thing that you know we have to sort of think about um and it's kind of annoying I guess um but yeah I I guess I could share my other story but yes okay (laughs) Okay. go ahead (laughs) sure it's the Adriana show (laughs) I know I'm like oh I don't want to talk to you (laughs) so yeah so since I'm an attorney um like the legal profession isn't very diverse um and especially when you're talking about like big law firms which is where I I had worked before I think the statistic is like three percent of attorneys in big law are black people Um, Mm -hmm. and then uh, you know the numbers are are more for women but still it's a predominantly white male environment and especially depending on what practice area area you're in um so anyway uh, when I was at this particular firm, um, I had like trouble building relationships with some of the partners who are like the most senior attorneys. I just felt like they weren't really making the effort to reach out or make conversation. Um, for example, like there was one partner who I would say hello or good morning to in the halls and he would just flat out ignore me. Um, wow. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I don't get why you're doing that, but fine. Um, and people would say like, oh, he can be a bit standoffish. So I sort of assumed that that was the reason and just kind of moved on. Um, But then, so when I first started, I shared an office with an Indian colleague and like no partners would check in or really come into our office. And mind you, like there were some that did, but the majority didn't. Um, Mm -hmm. After a year, my Indian colleague left and I, my office mate was replaced with um, a white male, like junior attorney. And he had been Mm -hmm. with the firm for a year, but he was new to our group. And he was a lower level than I was. I had been in the group for a year already. Like I was pretty active in the group. Anyway, like literally after a few weeks after um, 
a few weeks after he joined that partner who would ignore me when I would say hi to him, like walked into mm-hmm. our office, you know, hey, saying, Hey, to this, to this white male, how are you doing? You know, asking him questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like, okay, like you completely ignore me when I make the effort to just say good morning to you yet here are, mm-hmm. you know, eager to make conversation and to sort of build that relationship with this person. I mean, it makes you think yeah. like, okay, well, why is there a difference? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, um, I mean, it's not like I'm awkward, like I was pretty social in the office, like, um, I think I did good work, like no one had any complaints. So that was like the only thing that I can conclude, like, maybe it's because I'm a black woman, and they don't feel like they can relate to me. Um, Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of like women and people of color struggle with in the workplace. Um, so anyway, that's just an example of, you know, where I felt like I was being treated differently because of who I am as a person. Yeah, and it's crazy, too, because like especially in like the cor- corporate world in general, like a lot of uh, moving up in di- different things are like based off of the like the relationships you build. Exactly. So if it's harder for you to build the relationships and obviously it's going to be harder for you to move up in whatever you know organization that you're a part of yeah I feel like people at the top the ones like people who have power they need to Mm -hmm. one be conscious and aware of these differences in how they treat people and they need to make the effort to you know train younger attorneys or well I mean in any workplace not just in the law but you know train and and mentor women and people of color um so that they feel like you're invested in them and you're interested in seeing them grow in the company so mm-hmm. right yeah I um actually Adriana your story made me kind of think of something that I would like to share if if that's okay nope um, it's not okay <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Girl, this was this is an ex- and this is just speaking um as a woman I don't know if this experience had anything to do with me being a black woman I think it was more so just how this person um, viewed women, um, but this was in a, a previous job when I was in my master's, um, my master's program, and I was working. Um, I guess I probably shouldn't say where I was working for, but I was <laughs> I was working in a, a role. It was kind of a like a staff assistant position, so I I was helping with um, like purchase orders for vendors and things of that nature. And um, one day there was uh, like a big meeting in the office. I guess there was. I don't know, an important person that was coming in for something. And um, my job does, did not include being like a secretary or like a food runner or anything like that. But um, in the middle of the meeting, this guy who was like a visitor to the office, he like came by my desk and he was like, hey, would you be able to go grab me lunch? Um, I would like something from whatever restaurant he said. And he like handed me the cash. And I kind of was like, um. And I, again, I mean, this was when I was younger. So I said yes, just mm-hmm. because I didn't want to avoid, I wanted to avoid like any type of conflict or anything like that. But that's not my role. Like, yeah. it's not my job. And I'm like, why would you assume that, that I'm supposed to go get your lunch for mm-hmm. you? Like, I don't know you. And that it was just a very, like, um, frustrating experience. And I think that a lot of times, sometimes like men in positions of power like they automatically assume oh like you're a secretary or you're yeah like your your role is pretty much to serve me and whatever make my life easier in those type of like work settings um and I think that it's unfortunate that some people have this viewpoint that a, a, a woman cannot be or shouldn't amount to like a position of power 
because he didn't yeah. know me for all he knew I could have you know been at the same level as him or you know something like that so I just think it's very frustrating that you know in the workplace women have to almost like over constantly over prove mm-hmm. themselves of you know mm-hmm. why they should be in, in a position mm-hmm. of power or why they should be in a, a higher level position and not and again there's nothing wrong with being a secretary you know what I'm saying like that's what someone yeah. has to do but it's like it shouldn't be the assumption that that's all you're good for right. and mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that then you turn around and if you are a woman who maybe does speak up like in that position I that situation I probably should have said something but I was worried about being perceived as bossy or yep. rude and, it's and like, that, why mm-hmm. do we and that's what that? I was gonna say too like I have experiences just being a woman obviously I'm not a black woman dealing with a lot of those things and and I I've been with my company for a long time like 11 years and I've got into roles where I'm in charge of other people but I found from an early age whether it was because I was too young or because I was a woman that I had to be overly aggressive like I had to be overly um take charge right like or else I was gonna Mm. get steamrolled and that's Mm -hmm. kind of how it would I had to kind of go with that and now that's kind of been a little bit to my detriment because people perceive it as I'm bossy or I'm you know whatever it may be and whereas bossy technically should be a not a bad term because it's like you're you don't want to be taken advantage of you're obviously giving people respect you're not like yelling at them or anything like that but the understanding is is that I don't I have to be able to be a certain way in order for people to take me seriously versus oh that's just a female talking to me like I I don't need to I don't need to listen to her like I do this male counterpart that's also in charge and sometimes I feel like I'm being um like passed over for certain things just because not of the fact of me being not capable but it's like every time like I have some sort of feeling or whatever that's because I I feel like it's always perceived as like because I'm a female and it's not like oh that's just a a natural feeling of you know how some Mm -hmm. people feel or whatever the case may be and I'm constantly having to put myself in check and I think that that's difficult like I don't feel like like one of my best friends in my company um is a guy and he does not have the same type of like feelings that I do and he doesn't have to. Now he has his own, you know, things that he deals with too, obviously. But it's like, we're not dealing with the same thing. I can say one thing, he can say one thing. And he's looked at differently than I am because I'm a female. And mm-hmm. and that's where sometimes it's frustrating. Um, I will say overall, my company's pretty good with the, things like that. And so it's not, I definitely have it luckier than a lot of people do. Because I'm not technically in the corporate world. I'm more in like the sales mm-hmm. world. Um, so I can kind of learn how to overcome those things a little bit easier. But it's, fr- it's frustrating um, when, you know, you're looking for promotions or things like that. And then it's constantly like, oh, well, you know, she potentially could have a family. And so that would take her away and this wouldn't be her whole focus. So she, maybe she can't handle it, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, look at the recent comments from like Tucker Carlson about women in the military. Yep. To just see that on a being perpetuated on a grand scale on TV to millions of people, you know, that sort of antiquated 1950s thinking about women in the workplace yep. and it happens a lot and there's mm-hmm. so it's unfortunate but go ahead go ahead mike no i was gonna ask i have a question for all of you you too amy do you guys consider yourselves feminists is that like a label you would self-apply mm-hmm. <laughs> um 
I get I feel like the word feminist can have like a bad connotation. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I feel like the at the core of like how I interpret that word and what it to mean, I mm-hmm. I guess yes. I I, I say that <laughs> hesitantly just because I'm like but when I think of like when I think of the word feminist, I think of you know, someone who wants to who's fighting for you know, like equality, like for women and who believes that women should be in position of power. We should see more women in Congress. We should see more women as like mm-hmm. CEOs and, you know, mm-hmm. being vocal about that. And so in that regard, if, if that's how we're using the word of meaning the word, then I, I guess, I, yeah, I would, I would say, yes, I do would consider myself one. Maybe we'll edit that out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people like there's different definitions for feminism and what that means. So, um, you know, maybe to someone else's definition of feminism, maybe I wouldn't fall into that category. But I mean, I think um, like to Janae's point that there should be equality for women um, and women should be in um, in these roles of, of power. Um, and so I guess I would identify as a feminist. Um, but I mean, I think that there are other people who are, you know, doing more work um, to fight for right. women's equality. Right. And I, you know, am, I guess not maybe doing as much in that space. Um, but in a, in a way, I feel like me like the work that I'm doing in my own career and elevating in in that sense I feel like in a way I'm sort of contributing to that because if I can advance then I can be um, an example to other people and so or other women um so yeah yeah I I don't ever really like like labeling Mm -hmm. things like that just I just I don't because to me I feel like it, everybody has a different perception of what, what all these words mean mm-hmm. feminists you know allyship mm-hmm. different things like that and it's to me it's just like I want women to be able to be equal to men so mm-hmm. if that makes me a feminist sure but to me that doesn't make me a feminist because I'm not I, I'm not sitting here saying that I think that it should be favored in one side over the other in some cases that's what people look at Mm -hmm. feminism as is like females are better or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. and I don't feel like I don't feel like I think that it should be better I feel like it should just be equal and the fact that there's a wage gap and the fact that there's consistently discrimination as far as you know women not being lead roles like CEOs and things like that (laughs) like Janae was alluding to before yeah I mean I definitely think that women are capable to do it and I definitely think there should be more of a of a um, evening out, whether it's because of gender or because of race or because of whatever. I don't, I just don't think that there should be such a uh, favor to one, one gender and one race. I think there, it needs to be more evened out. Right. So that's my opinion. I think that a big thing, like when I think about equality is just I feel like sometimes people will think, okay, well, you know, we're like in the right direction with gender equality, like we're doing really well. And on the surface, it may seem that way, but I feel like there's still a lot of need for change. I actually Mm -hmm. found, um, I was reading an article and it had said that um, like in 2020, the U.S. placed 53rd out of 149 
when it came to ranking for gender equality. And in 2016, we were actually 45th. So mm-hmm. that means that we've actually now declined. And I know the person that did the, or the, com- the organization, it's World Economic Forum that did the ranking. Mm-hmm. So I guess like when I saw that, I was actually shocked because I would have thought, okay, as being looked at as this, you know, like pristine nation that we would have like ranked higher for something like that. But I feel like mm-hmm. things like, you know, the, the wage gap, um, there's lots of things that I feel like are hindering us from being ranked higher. And I mean, aside from rankings, which that's not necessarily, it's important to look at when you're looking at data, but just like the types of lives and the experiences that women are having, it should be more of a priority. And I don't want like the conversation to stop just because strides have been made. Like obviously with VP Harris, like that's amazing. I'm super happy about mm-hmm. that. That made history. We won't, we don't have to make this a political talk, but you know, just referencing like mm-hmm. that is a stride that was made and it does show like, you know, we are going in the right, the right direction, but there's still work to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then I kind of alluded to it before, but as far as I know, neither one of you are pregnant unless you have something that you would like to, you know, share with us. But <laughs> as far as when it comes to things like that, obviously that's going to affect women in the workplace for sure. Um, so have you, has there been anything that have seemed unfair? Do you feel like when you do want to raise a family, has it been a hesitation because of your work environment? You know, things like that. What do you guys feel about, you know, being a quote unquote, either working mom or the the option of that going forward? Yeah, I mean, I that's something that I think about often. Because I'm very career driven mm-hmm. and I work a lot right now. So when I think about starting a family, it's kind of discouraging. Because I'm just like, it's a lot. <laughs> and people do it and they make it work. Um, and that's good. But it also concerns me because, you know, I have a plan of where I want to go and sort of a timeline of when I want to get there. And kids aren't really factored into that. Um, and so when I think about, yeah. okay, if I do start a family my plan is kind of going to get pushed, pushed out. Um, And so it just kind of sucks because I think men don't really have to think about that, or at least not as much as women do. It's just like an an additional burden on us of things that we need to consider. Um, And I I think that it also plays a role in how women present themselves. Um, Like, for example, I had a friend, um, or I have a friend, uh, when I was in law school, she had just gotten engaged. And so when she was going on a job interview, she was concerned about wearing her ring during the interview. Because, and actually, I know a lot of women who have talked about this, where they don't wear their rings to interviews, because, you know, they're worried about what the hiring person's going to think, like, oh, well, and you haven't touched on this, Amy, but, you know, oh, well, you know, she's married, or she's mm-hmm. going to get pregnant soon, and then she can't work as hard for us, or, you know, she's, she's going to have a family and then she'll leave the workplace. So like, why bother training her when she's just going to leave anyway? And it's like these assumptions that we're concerned that people will have. I mean, are this, are these thoughts like reasonable? I mean, I don't know, probably like people do get discriminated against all the time. Uh, I think it's Mm -hmm. unconscious Mm -hmm. thoughts that people have. Um, So anyway, it's just an additional burden that we as women have to sort of think through and decide how we want to, like present ourselves and, um, you know, in, in these different spaces. Mm-hmm. Janae? Yeah, no, I actually, um, 
I do think about that often. Um, I definitely, I am almost 100% certain that my workload is nowhere near Adriana's, especially with her being an attorney. <laughs> so I definitely, um, you know, like I'm, I could completely understand why that would be a concern for her. And, and I feel, feel that way as well. Sometimes it does feel like you have to choose between, you know, being successful in your career or having a family. And, you know, I'm going to be 29 this year. And I mean, I feel like I've thought when I think back to like when I was younger, I feel like by now I thought, oh, I would have, you know, had like two mm-hmm. kids, like been yeah. married and all these different things. But my <laughs> mind kind of did start shifting towards being more career focused, like when I started school. And I, I yeah, it can be discouraging. I feel like I've already mentally prepared myself that I'm just probably not going to have kids until later in life, which isn't necessarily mm. a bad thing. I mean, it's not a bad thing at all. But again, sometimes with society, you feel like, okay, well, you're supposed to have kids by a certain age. And I feel like that can be um, very frustrating. And I actually, uh, a previous job, I remember we had this, this woman, she got hired, and we got became close and became friends. And she confided in me after like a month of being in her new role, that she was actually pregnant. And that she had been pregnant prior to interviewing, but she purposely didn't mention that in the interview and she was keeping it like under wraps because she didn't want to be like let go or Mm -hmm. um, not get hired. And she was worried that if they found out that she was pregnant, that they would like let her go before her like, you know, I guess you have to wait a certain amount of time with benefits and and stuff like that. And I just remember Mm -hmm. thinking, I'm like, wow, I would have never thought to like worry about that because, you know, like you know having child having a child should be like a joyous Mm -hmm. occasion and the fact that she felt like she had to hide that you know wear certain things Mm -hmm. so that like the employers like wouldn't know so that they couldn't just like release her without reason during that um what is it called when you're in a probationary yes probationary probationary period period. Mm -hmm. and um you know and that was like many years ago and it's sad that people women still feel like they have to hide that or be secretive because they'll be thought of as not being equipped to do the job, which in reality, you know, women work and they also raise family. Not that men don't, Mike, but in context of the, you know, like, of the <laughs> conversation, it's like pretty much every like woman works two jobs because you have the, the mm-hmm. job outside of your home and then the job inside the home. So it's unfortunate that, that it's mm-hmm. looked at in that way. And it's also frustrating so I am pregnant, obviously. So uh, <laughs> I've had to deal with this recently. The The thing that I feel is frustrating about all of it is not even just about keeping your job, because, I mean, it is pretty illegal to fire somebody because they're they're pregnant. So, I mean, people, even though they feel uncomfortable to say it, they really are protected by the law because they can claim it's discrimination. However, what is frustrating is is like the pressure that you feel regardless because one you could mm-hmm. be overlooked for promotions because it's like oh you're going to be out during that time or mm-hmm. we can't give it to you because you're not ready for it uh because we don't know how you know you've never had a kid before so we got to see how it's going to work for you um but like these same things are not talked about when guys are having kids as well and even though they're not physically having the child they have a child so that per- that child still has to be taken care right. of and mm-hmm. and it's just a bunch of it's a lot of pressure too because it's like 
when you have when your body goes through having a child like especially if you have to have a c-section or something like that it's like major surgery so if you had regular major surgery you get time to be able to heal and during with within the job you know environment now granted my my job is being relatively good about it but I still feel pressure because it's like I feel pressure that what's going to happen when I'm not in there, you know, during that time, what are they going to do? What are the changes that are going to be made? How's, how's it going to look like when I come back? Right. Like those type of things are are nerve wracking to pay attention to, but then it's also like the understanding of how far did this set me back? Right. Did this set me back a promotion that potentially could have happened? And now it's just being, it's waiting or how far, or like, like Adriana said, like a timeline that you have set for you that you want to be at this particular point you know, what did it actually do for that? And for me, like, I'm really excited to have my baby, but it's also comes with like the fact of people constantly doubting, can you be a working mom? Right. Can you do this? Can you not do that? Yeah. Like it's, it's very um, stressful dealing with that when a guy, it's like not even second guess right. that uh, if someone says that they're pregnant, yeah. that their, their wife is pregnant or whoever's pregnant, it's not like, oh, can you handle it? Because now you're going to have a baby at home. No, it's like, everything's fine. Oh, cool. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Great. Amazing. And it's not, that's not cool. Because like in my predicament, I'm not staying home with the baby. I'm not going to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm going to be a working mom. And my, you know, my boyfriend's going to be the one that stays at home. But that's never really like looked at. It's always looked at as oh, it falls, the burden right. falls on me. And I'm not able mm-hmm. to do it because I am pregnant and I'm dealing with this you know and then it's also like you don't want to complain when things are happening like example right now I have gestational diabetes and so I have a lot going on in the last trimester but I can't really let people know that because I'm already about to be out for a month when I have the baby so it's like and that's a it's just it's a lot that's a whole nother thing like maternity leave can we talk about how little (laughs) I feel like it's unreasonable like the amount that we're given where there's other countries where it's like they have a full year of which I I mean maybe that's like okay Mm -hmm. that's you know unreasonable to ask but it's like you know a whole year of paid paid maternity leave maternity right exactly where they include the father as well in that which you know I think it goes to show how like America unfortunately I feel like they don't prioritize like family life like you're supposed to work literally get work to death it's like yep, forget it's your worth- family like no we need to make mm-hmm. money for this company and I feel like you know it's just like unreasonable and maybe people would be you know maybe not have as much of that like worry of when they decided to have a child you know like as a woman or even as the father of the child it's like if they knew they had time more time with their their child and not have to rush back to work or feel pressured that oh well if you don't return after the the set amount of time we give you then you're you know you might not have your job I just think that's really unfortunate and I feel like we need to like as a country that should be something that's looked at because I feel like we're lacking and very Mm -hmm. behind the times with that and it's also frustrating because like I'm a white female so I can't even imagine like how much more difficult it would be potentially if my skin wasn't white like I don't know like how I'm sure that can't be, there are already marginalized in the workplace, you know, black females. And then to add on maternity, you know, leave, I'm sure it's even more difficult to deal with everything. Um, there's definitely a lot of, of, of factors. And then even when you think about the pay, because I'm just yep. thinking of like, you know, okay, yeah, say you do 
when you have your maternity leave, you get a set pay amount, but it's like women are making less than men. I think the last statistic I saw is that it's like 81 Mm -hmm. cents for every dollar. And Mm -hmm. I think it's even less than that for women of color. So it's like, even if, and sometimes, you know, people might not even have jobs where maternity leave is an option. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that certain job classifications, depending on if you're like part-time workers or something like that. So there's a lot to to consider with that. I feel like that's a very like heavy loaded topic that needs a lot of change in all areas. Yeah, agreed. There needs to be a better balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting in this country that we like to talk about you know, how the the fall of the nuclear family or the two-parent household is responsible for so much of our societal problems. But as soon as a family has kids, you expect them to go right back to work without having any involvement in their, mm-hmm. you know, their newborn baby's life. And it's, that's no way to raise a country of happy, fulfilled people in general, productive people, you know, a lot needs to change with regards to families in the workplace, I think. Especially even right now, it's COVID. Like, regularly be like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll put my baby in daycare. I don't, like, right. who wants to do that right now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even the cost of daycare. Some people, exactly. like, two, some two-parent homes can't even, yeah. you know, it's insane. It's, sorry, I'm yeah. gonna stop talking. <laughs> I've been talking a lot, but I'm like, it, it, it doesn't <laughs> make sense, and then, yeah, I'll be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would, um, we'll close this off by asking you both the same question. What would you like to see changed when it comes to women in the workplace to make it better and more equal? Janae or Adriana? I I mean, I can talk, but I feel like I've been talking, so I was going to let Adriana have a chance. (laughs) Well, you're both going to have to answer, so feel free. You're on a roll right now. Um, (laughs) I mean, there's a lot that I would like to see changed um just little things I, I mean more opportunities I mean not to be looked at as being pigeonholed in certain types of careers um mm-hmm. I think there definitely should be change in you know the ma- maternity leave um aspect um I think that there but I feel like there's only yes I I feel like as women we can do a lot to change that but I feel like for when real change happens when the people that aren't right. impacted start to care yeah I just feel 100%. like 100% I feel like that's how it has to be like men have not all men I hate saying that because it sounds like I'm generalizing um everyone but it's like they have to think hey I I would like to have a, a woman in this role or you know a, you know just kind of being like open-minded and changing that like prejudgment of what people may have had for so long of what roles women can have and also just like creating like policies and procedures that allow women to still have family you shouldn't have to choose between having a family and and having a successful career so yeah that's kind of my my view yeah I mean I don't really have anything different to add um I mean I agree we need to have different policies um like you're saying so that um we can do both. I mean, then I also like touched on this earlier as far as like in the workplace specifically, like people in power and in leadership positions, they need to be aware of these issues and they need to make, put, you know, make the effort to change that. And so, um, you know, reaching out to women um, and I guess people of color too, and just like 
showing an interest in them and, and training them and sort of molding them um, so that they can eventually lead these organizations or be in the same position that, that they're in. Um, so, yeah, that's, I think that's really the only yeah. way that it'll change. And that will lead me to say what I put down for our action item, which is um, if you're a woman, keep pushing through all the barriers that are put in front of you because you are making a difference. Um, One of those examples, as we spoke about, is our vice president. And then if you're a man, just be more aware and say hi and invite the women to the table uh, in all aspects, whether that's work or outside of work. Um, And that pretty much will close us up for this episode. We just want to say thank you so much to Adriana and Janae. You guys did great. We really appreciate having you on and speaking about this topic. So thank you both. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on, guys. Awesome. Mike, you want to close us out? Uh, Well, that's it for this week, guys. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week.